Hi, I'm David. And I'm Erin. And this is The Travel Bros. So before we start off this podcast episode with a cruise director, we have an important message. So our sponsor for today is Podscribe. Podscribe makes it very easy to transcribe any of your podcast episodes. So if you want to have your podcast transcribed, Podscribe is definitely for you. They've made it so easy for Aaron and me, and we'll actually get an email within just 30 minutes of uploading our episode. Podscribe can also embed the transcript on your website. If you have a podcast or you'd like to start one, we would highly encourage you to use Podscribe. So if you say you came from the Travel Bros and sign on for a year, you'll receive your entire backlog transcribed. So this is an amazing opportunity. Please don't miss out on it. You can check out Podscribe's website simply by typing podscribe.ai. So thank you so much, Podscribe, for helping us with our transcripts. So today we have a super, super special episode for you guys. We have Jamie D on our podcast who has been a cruise director for Carnival Cruise Line. So I'm going to clarify this with you for 16 years. Is that correct? 11 years. 11 years. 11. You're making me old. That's okay though. (laughs) 11 is still, 11 is still absolutely insane. And she now works at Margarita, the Margaritaville Resort, right? I was just there a few weeks ago and we had Suzanne Primo on our podcast last week. I don't know if you know that, but- We actually had her on last week, so that's really cool that now you work at Margaritaville, which is incredible. So, Erin, would you like to start us off with our fun fact before we talk to Jamie a little bit? Absolutely. So, the fun fact for today is Carnival Cruise Lines has their headquarters in Miami, Florida. In the Carnival headquarters, there's a large cruise ship tracking area to see all the available ports, cruises, and destinations. The Carnival team works long hours to ensure all of their cruises stay on track. So as I just said, we are now going to just talk to Jamie D a little bit about her experience as a cruise director. So we divided it into a little bit of different sections. The first section is her as a cruise director. So yes. So let's just get right into it. So when did you work for Carnival? Oh, well, thank you guys for having me on the show. I worked for Carnival from 2007 until 2018. Wow. And by the way, thank you so much for coming on. I don't know if we've already clarified that, but it's really awesome that you're on. So I know that you've been on many cruise ships. I don't even know a lot about the Carnival cruise ship names. I know a good amount about it, but can you please list all of the ships you have worked on as a cruise director for Carnival? This is a challenge for sure because they have, well, they had before this craziness of COVID, 26 ships in the fleet and I worked on 16 of them. So let me see how many I remember off the top of my head. That's I started on the Carnival <laughs> Imagination and then I went to the Carnival Splendor, to the Carnival Pride. I went to the Carnival Liberty, the Ecstasy, back to the Pride for quite a while. Um, and then I was on the Dream, the Sunshine, the Breeze, the Vista, the legend, the spirit, the miracle, the paradise, the ecstasy, and that, I didn't count. I lost count, but those were a bunch of the ones that I worked on. So did you say the first thing you said, did you say it wasn't fascination? You said carnival, it started, not fantasy, it started with an F, I think. Is mm-hmm. that one still in service right now? The, my first one that was the imagination. So yeah, the imagination. Is that one still in service? Um, it was as of about a month ago, and now with COVID going on, I know some of the Carnival ships are being retired or put yes. into, out of service for quite a while, so I believe that is one of the ships that is out of service for a little bit of time. And we're actually going to talk about a little bit later about the fantasy, which is getting scrapped, as you definitely know. 
I'm going to cry. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So you just named a wide variety of the cruise ships that you've directed. And I know since definitely you've had different staff members and crew on each cruise ship, but have you ever been frustrated with the performance of employees or performers on a ship that you were directing, like specifically during a play or a musical? Yeah. I mean, there are always situations that are challenging on the ship and I have had some, some challenges with certain staff members or maybe some performers weren't quite to the caliber of, of the expectations that we want to put on for our guests. So we have a a pretty good structure on how to deal with those issues. Um, You know, talking to them and showing them how to improve. We always try to work with people to get them up to those standards. And the good thing about being a cruise director on the ship rather than on land is there is a lot of super, supervisors and there's a team of people that come on and they help choreograph the show. They help with the singers to sound beautiful while they're performing and they are a great uh, backbone. If you do have any of those challenges, they always come and give that person a little bit of extra training. That's great. So you're not the only one that's like in charge of everything. There's a lot of other people helping out uh, behind the scenes. You got it. It's a huge team effort, um, especially with the shows. There's a, a playlist performer cast manager there's a vocal captain so even though when you go on a cruise it looks like the cruise director oversees everything in entertainment there's a lot of support and a lot of people helping out it's well that's incredible so you have as you said earlier you were a cruise director on carnival for 11 years do you have a favorite memory and if so what was your favorite memory or thing about being a cruise director you know, over the course of those 11 years, a lot of my, a lot of my opinions and my ideas and, and special events changed. At first, I was so happy to, you know, be traveling and to be seeing new places. And then I kept getting promoted from one of the entertainment staff up to cruise director, and I was super proud of that. But um, as I was nearing the end of my career, I really took tons of pride in helping other team members achieve their goals. So if you were on the entertainment staff and you got promoted to, to cruise director or entertainment director, I took so much, so much pride and so much, um, you know, I felt really accomplished that I could assist them in, in getting to that level that they wanted to. So I just loved helping the team and helping them to grow where they wanted to be. That's, that's really... honestly, that's incredible. Oh, thank you. So what was your favorite cruise that you've directed? And when I ask this question, I don't mean your favorite ship overall. I just mean, what is the favorite cruise that you've ever directed? It's so hard to say because after so long, they all sort of blend together. Um, my One of my bosses in the office used to say, they're all big, they're white, they float. So it doesn't matter where you're going or what features that ship has, but it's about the people that you work with and the people that you that you get to meet. I can tell you one of my favorite experiences in that in that time working for Carnival was getting to go to Sydney, Australia and being on the wow. Carnival Spirit. I That's got to amazing. roll out a program there, but uh, I had always dreamed of going to Australia and where my cabin was, I got to see the Harbor Bridge. I got to see the Sydney Opera House right out my window. And um, you know, you just wake up and you get to see the sunrise on demarcation morning and those two structures are in the distance. And I just felt like, wow, this is incredible. This, I'm so glad to be here. So uh, that was some, a really memorable moment, a really memorable experience for me. So this is a question that we're all wondering whether we say it or not. How does it actually feel to make an announcement from the bridge? 
<laughs> uh, um, exciting. You know, you just feel really empowered because everybody has to listen to you. Literally, yeah. you're cutting off all the music, the TVs, all the fun when you're making an announcement for the bridge. Um, but a lot of times it's because of a safety reason or, or like a scarier situation. So you need to be calm. You need to be confident and um, really make sure you have all the information before you explain to guests what's going on. But uh, there's there's several different locations on the ship where the cruise directors can make an announcement. We can do it from our cabin, actually. We can do it from our office. But when we go up to the bridge, it's usually a pretty because big of an deal. emergency. Yeah, an emergency or a drill, one of the two. So like, um, I'm, I'm, they do this on other cruise lines. I have to assume Carnival too. All the announcements are not made in the rooms, only in public areas, unless it's an emergency. Then it goes to your rooms as well. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Okay, that's really cool. Okay, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, so you just have to be calm and confident, but you're also what guests are listening for for direction. So you need to speak clearly. You need to, to let them know that you care, and um, hopefully everything's going to be okay. Yeah, and wow. for those of you guys listening right now, I'm just going to do a quick pause because this is a very important thing to mention. For those, I don't know how the Zoom sounds. We're doing this obviously over Zoom. It's COVID. I'm actually out of town, so the Wi-Fi is not the best. So if you hear some glitches, I'm so sorry, but I can't control how the Wi-Fi is because I am out of town. So I'm just going to point that out in case the sound is not as good as normal. Sounds good mm. to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, it sounds completely fine as of right now. Let's hope it continues that way. But with our next set of questions, we are going to be transitioning about the specific cruise ships and everything about overall like how your cruises crowds work and everything basically everything regarding cruise ships in car in the carnival fleet so what type what time of year were carnival cruises most crowded so the the cruise schedule kind of coincides with the school schedule so holidays christmas new year's thanksgiving and summer break we would see higher kid counts uh because when Schools are out, more families will be sailing. Those mm. months when school was in session, yeah. like September and May, I would always tell people, if you want to avoid the kids, those are the times to go because that's when, you know, you're just starting up the school year, you're just ending the school year. Most people don't want to miss. So um, school holidays, the ships are the busiest or in the, in the pre-COVID world, at least. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably what I expected. I'm assuming like Christmas and summer kind of are the most busy times. Absolutely. So Forget about being a cruise director for a second. So imagine you were not a cruise director. You were just on the ship or just pretend you weren't a cruise director at all. What is your favorite cruise ship? Again, not being a cruise director, just ship in general. Do you have a favorite? I would say in the Carnival fleet, my favorite one that I've been on is the Carnival Breeze. Um, the newer, the ships that are newer than that, I also worked on the Vista. I've seen the Horizon. Um, those are also beautiful, but I say the breeze because I love the size of the theater. I think the size of the lounges really accommodates the amount of guests on board, as opposed to the, the brand new ships. The lounges got a little bit smaller, but the guest counts got higher. So I prefer those huge venues where you can have a massive deck party or you can have a big show with 1,400 people sitting in the theater. And the breeze is the newest of that class of ship so it has a lot of restaurants it has like the sky course for the families but it also has those big venues for the for the entertainment 
Yeah, I've actually, I haven't been on either one, but I've seen the Vista and the Horizon, both from different, like from cruise ports. I've seen both of those ships. Oh, cool. They look yeah. really, really nice. And I'm also excited for the Mardi Gras. Yes, yes. Coming now in February 2021. And I've also, I've never, as same with David, but I've never seen the Carnival Breeze before, like in person, but I have seen, I've done a lot of research on it. I've seen photos, I've seen videos. And I really think it's amazing how Carnival, it's, you said one of the newer ships, did it come out in 2019? Ah, oh, Breeze. Oh, that's a trivia. It was before 2019, I think, because I left mm -hmm. in 2018. I think it was, I want to say 2016, but don't quote Got me. It. Okay, so you yes. left, you actually left, this isn't a question, this is kind of going off, but you left um, in 2018 before you started working at Margaritaville, which is really cool. Were you like kind of involved with Margaritaville before it opened? Um, you know, I had only seen Margaritavilles in the ports of call, um, like in Grand Turk and in Grand Cayman and Jamaica. I had seen the restaurants. I didn't even know that they had resorts, which is where I am now in uh, Lake Conroe, Texas at the Margaritaville Resort. So I knew the brand and I liked the brand. I liked that Caribbean, um, laid back, fun vibe. But I, I didn't even know they had resorts when I was working on the cruise ship. I also want to say something that's amazing on a Norwegian ship. I know we're talking about Carnival but they actually oh. had a Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville at sea. Yeah. Which is just do. incredible that they even have Margaritavilles on ships. It's like Margaritaville is such a big brand. It's everywhere. It, it is. It's a huge franchise. They're even making retirement communities now. So really? they're everywhere. Yeah. That's crazy. It's incredible. So moving so, kind of back on topic to like carnival cruises, what is the most popular activity on any carnival ship that you've worked on? Mm, no, it's going to be different for every person. Um, I think one of the staples of Carnival is the playlist production shows. They have shows for every different genre of music, and I know that's very popular with guests of all ages. A couple other shout-outs. Carnival also has a partnership with Dr. Seuss, so they do a whole mm. Seuss at Sea program, like a story wow. time and a parade and a breakfast for the, for the younger children. They do Hasbro the Game Show for, like, like – seven to 12 year old target demographic. And then they also have these huge deck parties, which is for everybody. Everyone goes up to dance on Lido deck and has an awesome time. But my favorite would be the playlist production shows. That's wow, awesome. That sounds really cool. I had no idea that Carnival had a partnership with Dr. Seuss. That, yeah. That's really incredible. That's yeah. really cool. The, the Dr. Seuss or the cat in the hat and the things and Sam I am, they all roam around the ship throughout the week. That's really cool. I actually had no idea, which is really Really interesting. So what is the most popular restaurant out of all the restaurants? What is the most popular restaurant on Carnival? I would say the most popular restaurant is the Fahrenheit 555 Steakhouse, which is the upscale restaurant that they have on board. Um, there's also a free restaurant, you know, that you can go to without paying, but that one is a really fancy one where people are celebrating a birthday, an anniversary, any sort of special occasion. They go over to the steakhouse and you get a huge meal for $38, which is way better price than what you would find on land. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed that on like, for example, cruises on like different cruise lines for like a steak, because you already pay like for the cruise, they like, they generally charge you if you get something like that nice, but instead of charging you 50 bucks, they'll charge you like 20 something because you've already paid to be on the cruise. So even though it costs money, it's definitely cheaper than on land, Absolutely. which is amazing. Absolutely. That's really cool. And when you worked at Carnival, what was the oldest ship in the fleet? 
So back then it was the carnival fantasy, but as you guys already mentioned, that one is being scrapped right now. Mm -hmm. So I think the like as, as of today, which is August 3rd, 2020, um, the, the oldest ship that is still afloat is the Ecstasy, which was built in 1991. Wow. wow. Yeah. I've actually I've also seen at Nassau, I've actually seen the Ecstasy. Again, I've not been on it, but I saw that one as well. So I think the fantasy and the ecstasy are very similar. I don't even know if there's any differences. That's true. The only difference is, is the decor, really. The structure are the exact same. They're both fantasy class ships, and there were nine fantasy class ships in the fleet. Um, while I was working for Carnival, I also was on the holiday at one point, and that really? was in 1985. You know, that that's... Was my, that? I'm so sorry to cut you off. Continue, no but... My mom actually, as a kid, I think that it was either her first cruise or she went on the holiday when she was a kid. Um, yep. And she actually, by chance, they didn't even know. I think my dad was on it too before they even knew each other. Oh, cool. I know. So it was, they were both on the holiday. I'm so sorry to cut you off. I just thought that was really important to mention. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad you're excited about it. But yeah, when I first started in 2007, I worked on the holiday for about six weeks for just a short time when I was transitioning. But um, that one was structurally very different and a lot smaller than even the fantasy class. So uh, I've, I've seen wow. that. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. So, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff when you're a cruise director. It's awesome. Thanks. It was a so, fun job. It was a, it was a great experience. I'm, I'm glad I did it. Transitioning back to land is challenging, but uh, I'm getting through it okay. So out of all the ships in the Carnival fleet, what is the biggest current Carnival ship that is in service now? What is the biggest one? Currently, the Carnival Vista class is the biggest ship. So that's the Vista, the Horizon, and the Panorama. Those are all three the same size. Um, and then next year, the Mardi Gras will be even bigger than those. Wow. I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I was wrong earlier when I said I saw the Vista and the Horizon. I think I saw the Vista and the Panorama. Hmm. So Panorama sails on the uh, West Coast. So it sails out of Long Beach um, and does the Mexican Riviera cruises. So I don't know if you're out there. But I know when, you get around. Yeah, I mean, I can talk to you about that after, but that is a long time. Right. But me and David are huge fans of Jim Zim, and I know you know him as well. And the reason that I know a lot about the Carnival Vista class is because Jim Zim actually has a ton of videos on, like, how amazing the new Carnival Vista classes are. And I really think it's honestly incredible. The Carnival Vista is from what I've seen from his videos is incredibly, um, it's just amazing because I've seen the, they have like that really cool hammock thing outside, right? Where you kind of have like an outdoor patio and they have like that little hammock thing or am I mixed up with another ship? I think so. I know they have the Serenity deck for adults only. Uh -huh. And then they also have a, the Havana cabanas in the back. Yeah, so that's it. That's what you're thinking of. But Jim Zim is an awesome guy. I got to meet him, uh, several years ago back on the carnival sunshine and him and his family were just wonderful that's awesome he's really my one of my favorite youtubers of all time which is just amazing that you know him actually oh my gosh i should see if i can get a hold of him maybe you guys can have him on your show i bet he would love to do that that would be incredible if he if you if you got him on our show let me tell you let me tell you <laughs> oh i'll see if i can find him he owes me a favor i think so i'll uh i'm making a note right now Thank so you. even though you've left Carnival, do you have any information about the upcoming cruise Carnival Mardi Gras? 
Yeah, absolutely. So funny thing is I kind of work as a travel agent in my spare time sometimes. So I get to keep in touch with all my cruise guests that I met when I was on board. And uh, Mardi Gras, it looks amazing. It's going to be structured a lot different than the other ships. The theater is going to be a lot smaller. The atrium is going to be a lot bigger. I do know some behind the scenes information, but if I told you, I would get in big trouble. But um, it looks incredible. There's going to be a lot of surprises in store. The biggest ship in the Carnival fleet, um, several very talented entertainers will be there. They're actually working on casting it right now. So I, I know a few people that are being considered for those roles. And um, I highly recommend getting out to see the new ship. That's amazing. So I'm, I'm really excited. Maybe one day after COVID, I would love to sail on the Mardi Gras. That would be absolutely incredible. So mm -hmm. I know we've talked about this a little bit, but as you know, the Carnival Fantasy, unfortunately, is being scrapped. Do you know any updates on that? Um, well, the last I heard, it was just two ships that were going to the scrapyard and then two ships going into a long-term dry dock. So they're going to kind of take them out of operation now and, um, and just bring them back whenever the time is right. But I've also heard rumors that more fantasy class ships are going to be scrapped. So we're just waiting for the official word from Carnival to see what the intention is. But you know, it's going to take a, a long time to get back to the capacity and the, the amount of ships that they had before. So yeah. And I don't you know, know when you, okay. no, you talk, you talk, you talk. No, no, no. It's, I mean, I don't know specifically what's going to happen and how many ships are going to come out of service, but uh, only time will tell. And as you said, like with that, it's going to be hard to cruise. Like I'm thinking about what you were saying earlier with all the, and I've seen videos of even you, like with all the deck parties and stuff. I don't know how that's going to, it's so sad to think about. I don't know how the heck that's going to work after this. I mean, wearing masks, yeah. I guess, six feet. I don't really know. I know. And you, when you came to visit us at Margaritaville, you met a bunch of, there's actually five carnival cruise directors that are all working with me on my team. And we're all trying to think of that same thing. Like we have to ignore the preconceived ideas that we have about a deck party, about a theater show, maybe even the dining room. Cause you're sitting right next to someone. How is it going to be different after COVID with all the CDC regulations that are going to be in place? And I was, I was, I keep cutting you off. I'm so no, no, sorry. I don't, I don't breathe in between sentences, so it's easy. I, like, who knows? I, I, I don't know where I was going, but go ahead. What's the next? No, what I was going to say is like, you, as you said, you actually introduced me to two of your cruise director friends. I know there's one more working. One of them's name was Cookie. One of them's name, I can't remember. I cannot remember the other one, but they were both super nice. They both were Carnival cruise directors, and it was really nice to get to meet them. Oh, yeah. Cookie's there. No, no. Um, Leon and Schwartz. Leon, Leon. I met Leon and Cookie. Those were the two I met. Yeah. So. Yeah. They're and I. Oh, I'm so sorry. Continue. That's okay. They're all wondering when they're gonna get back to work because I know everybody's ready. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if Carnival Fantasy, as we were just talking about, it's being scrapped. I'm not sure what you were a cruise director. If this was one of the ships that sailed during Christmas or winter time, but what were the Carnival ships that did sail during the winter? Actually, all the ships sail all year round. So the only time they would come out of service is for about six or eight weeks, every two to three years. And they would go to dry dock and they would do refurbishments and they would do big projects that like maintenance projects that they can't do while their guests are sailing. But every ship sails year round. And as we mentioned earlier, Christmas, New Year's, those are the highest occupancy and the, the highest cruise ticket rate times so they would never put a dry dock over those holiday seasons because it's more profitable to keep them in service at that time yeah really, that's really 
I've heard of a few cruise lines before that actually, I can't remember off of the top of my head, but one of the smaller cruise lines, actually, I remember they had certain ships that sailed during certain times of year because a few of their ships were meant to sail in like the winter time. And they had like different types of winter activities based just for like Christmas and all of that. And then the summertime, they'd have different destinations where they'd only have some ships sailing and some in different times of the year. But at the end of the episode, if I remember, I'll bring it up which cruise line it was. And I, I actually think because Carnival is such a big cruise line, just like Royal Caribbean, just like Norwegian, just like Celebrity, they have all the cruise lines. I mean, the cruise ships at the same time, just because those are like very major cruise lines. So now we're going to kind of switch gears. We're still going to talk about Carnival, of course, but now we're going to talk about destinations. So in general, what is the most popular destination to sail to? I know there's so many, but if you had to choose one that's the most popular, what would it be? I think the places the ships go most often are Cozumel and Nassau Bahamas, but that's just because they have the most piers. So a bunch of ships can fit on there. I would say most guests book itineraries to go to ports like Half Moon Key, which is a private island. I know you're gonna ask me about that soon. And, um, and then Saint, people love to go to St. Martin, St. Thomas. Um, a lot of people like Aruba and Curacao because of the amazing scuba diving that's there. So those are some of the most popular. I also have a lot of people that, that like to go to Alaska. It's a bucket list cruise. And maybe that's what you were thinking about, Aaron, with um, ships sailing mm-hmm. seasonally. You know, you can only visit Alaska in the summertime. You right, only, right. So that t- type of a thing. But those are some of the most popular, I would say. Yeah, those, right, so, I mean, Alaska's oh, definitely yes. a bucket, bucket list cruise, like you just said. Yeah. Uh-huh. But like, as you just said, you have a few distant destinations that you can't sail to all year round because they're frozen and it's not really safe if different cruise ships can go there in the wintertime because of obviously a bunch of different factors. But during the winter season, what is the most popular destination? Any place warm. <laughs> um, you know, I mo- right before I retired, I was on the Paradise and we just did... Sh- cruises to Grand Cayman and Cozumel, but Mm -hmm. you get a lot more cruisers from the north that are just trying to get away from the cold. So uh, any destination, as long as it's warm, they just want to get further south. I can, I honestly can understand that. I definitely, if I was sailing in the winter time, which I'm actually, me and David are going to sail in 2021 winter. So not this year, not 2020, but the next year with um, our other cousins and family, we're going to sail in 2021. And we, I think are sailing from out of Galveston, which is the cruise port in um, Texas that is actually getting a little bit of a renova- renovation with Royal Caribbean. We're not sailing on Royal Caribbean. We don't even know which cruise line we're sailing with yet, but I we're taking it out of Galveston because it is a lot um, warmer there in the winter time. And just to take a cruise out of like Cape Liberty, where we sailed last year to like Bermuda, Cape Liberty is generally really cold in the winter time. So that's, I think why we're sailing out of like the South instead of like North United States. Of course. And Gal, I know Galveston's a major ship terminal for Royal and especially Carnival has a lot in Galveston which is, yeah. do y'all actually sail to Bermuda? Carnival? We do. I sailed I, when I was on the Carnival Pride, which was from 2009, and then I went back 2010 to 2012. I did, I think, four Bermuda cruises. That's is amazing. That, it's, um, I love Bermuda. I love Me, the architecture. It's just beautiful. 
it's gorgeous. We went there last year. So that's why I asked. That's, that's just amazing. So we're kind of going to, I am actually going to ask you the opposite question that I just asked you. So what is the least popular destination to sail to? Ooh, it depends who that you one's ask. Hard. There's so many different opinions, but for me, a port that I don't even bother getting off the ship is probably Nassau Bahamas. <laughs> like, even though we go there the most often, it's not my favorite spot to visit. I've been there a million times. There's not as much for me to do there, but I know for a lot of our guests, they like it because there's a beach, there's the sun, there's a straw market. That's all they need to be happy. So as a crew member, I wouldn't even get off the ship there, but I know the guests enjoy it. So everyone's yeah. different. Now you've already actually, I didn't know that you would have answered this question beforehand, but I was, my next question is actually going to be about if cruises, if Carnival sailed to Alaska. And fortunately you've already answered that question for us and cleared that up. But when did they start sailing to Alaska? Way before my time as cruise director. I don't know the exact year, but I do remember, have you guys, you haven't been to Alaska. You've said it was on your bucket list, but yes. Um, at one of the ports, I think it's in Ketchikan, there's a big rock wall there when you first arrive at the pier. And on that rock wall, you'll see the captains from the cruise ships, they signed the rocks. And the earliest one that I remember seeing was in the 90s, like 1996, 97. Um, but I was there in 2016. So wow. I've been going for quite a while. I've actually, I've gotten the opportunity to go to Alaska. Thank, uh, fortunately, I was so young, I don't remember it. Uh, I remember a little bit of it, but I was very young. So it wasn't, I mean, it was awesome. But again, I was so young that I don't even remember it. So I would love to go when I'm like now or a bit older where I can like really take in the views and everything a lot more because I would definitely appreciate it more now, now that I'm older. It is awesome. I loved Alaska and you should definitely go while you're young because there's a lot of hiking there. There's, you can go in seaplanes, you can go whale watching, you can go fresh salmon fishing. And you know, a lot of people wait till they're way older to go and you want to be mobile. You want to be active so that you can enjoy all the sights and go to the I top actually, of the I actually do remember going uh, salmon fishing with my dad there. Oh, cool. I remember that. You got to go back. And what ports did the larger carnival ships sail to? So the larger ships can't get into all the destinations. Um, like the Vista, for example, can go to St. Thomas. It can go mm -hmm. to St. Martin. It can go to Cozumel. But they could never send the Vista over to Alaska because the passageways are so narrow. So um, there's only certain ports that those big ships can go to. Uh -huh. So speaking of sense. destinations... Do you have a personal favorite to sail to? And have you ever sailed from Galveston Port? Okay, personal favorite. I loved going to St. Thomas because of what I would do on that day. You can go over to St. John, you can go up to the top of Paradise Point, and there's my favorite store on the pier. So I love to get my clothes from White House Black Market. And when you are on a ship for six months, and back then there wasn't as reliable Amazon Prime, you could just go straight into the store and I would spend way too much money. Um, so I loved St. Thomas for those <laughs> reasons. Um, I loved Cozumel because my cell phone worked because uh, eventually AT&T gave service to Mexico and Canada. So that was really a big plus. Um, like destination-wise, I loved Alaska. I loved Sydney, Australia. So there was a lot of great places. Did um, y'all, uh, speaking of like, um, as you said, how you had cellular, do you guys get free Wi-Fi on board? No, sir. We had to pay also. <laughs> That's called ridiculous. 
for a cruise director, <laughs> that's ridiculous. I mean, my, my work computer did have access to Facebook because back then, you know, we, we wanted to promote ourselves on social media, still even now, mm -hmm. promote yourself on social media and be able to answer guest questions. But that wasn't on my cell phone. So we could purchase like a social plan, which was just like Instagram and Facebook for $4 a day. But it adds up after a while. A day? A day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's okay. You don't have a lot of expenses, right? Compared to living <laughs> on land, I didn't have a house or a car, no mortgage, no daycare bills. So yeah, free food for the most part, you know, you'd go out to eat in ports, but the $4 a day was, was attainable. <laughs> I guess yeah. there's, there's some of the perks of being a cruise director or being living on a cruise ship. You yeah. get basically free everything except for cellular, but yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's awesome. And you get paid. <laughs> exactly. I saved up a lot of money. Yeah. There was a second part of your destinations question. You asked me my favorite place to visit and then I, I missed out. What was the second part? Um, have you ever sailed from Galveston? I have. I was on the Carnival Breeze for about six weeks when it first came over from Miami. So this was also in 2016. I did like a world tour that year. But I, um, it was May 2016. I got to meet some football players that came for a promotional event. So that was exciting. And, uh, and then I stayed on there for the first six cruises. And I loved sailing from Galveston. The, the guests were so friendly, the Texans. That's maybe why I ended up residing in Texas after I retired from cruising. That's awesome. So you live in Texas now, is that correct? Yes, I do. Stay, That's you amazing. should stay. It's a great place. <laughs> it is. Where are you guys from? We're Houston. actually both from Houston. Okay. So we, it was a very short drive to Margaritaville. It was just like an hour. Oh, yeah. And I'm also, I'm hoping to go back soon. Yeah, come back. We'll see you there. So, and did Carnival, oh, I'm sorry, David, continue. No, 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 no. You, it was your turn. Okay, did Carnival tender or dock at the majority of their destinations? The majority of the ports they would dock at, just uh -huh. pull up right alongside the pier. There are a few ports to call, like Belize and Grand Cayman, and a lot of the Australian ports, actually, that we did use a tender service. Um, they now refer to tenders as water shuttles. So if anybody that's listening is not familiar with cruising, a tender or a water shuttle is just a small boat. It takes you from the big cruise ship over to the island or over to the pier. Um, Got it. In Belize and in Grand Cayman, the reason they can't pull up to a pier is because there's beautiful coral reef formations that surround those destinations. So in order to keep the scenery and the, you know, the wildlife intact, they use that tender service. Okay. So I have never heard of water shuttle. Is that just a carnival thing or is that kind of in general? I've heard of tender. That's all I've heard. They, they changed the terminology shortly after I left the cruise line. And it was mostly because there were so many first time cruisers that were like, tender, tender, what's a tender? I didn't know how to get ashore. So water shuttle kind of is more of an obvious explanation of what it actually does. Okay. So what is the most dangerous, would you say, destination that Carnival sails to? I mean, they're so, all safe, but if you had to choose. Yeah, they, you know, if there's any true safety concern, the ship won't sail there. The guest safety is the number one priority and the number one concern of sailing. That's always the most important thing. Um, I can tell you a port like Mazatlan, which is in Mexico uh, mm. on the West Coast. They, <laughs> have you been I there? was there. I just was there in December. <laughs> 
So that that's a port that I know of that we could sail, then we couldn't because it wasn't safe, and then we could sail again. But that's the only one that I could think of that um, we were banned from sailing for for a while. That's yeah. I, I mean, I was just there. I was just there on a Mexican Riviera cruise. We stopped at Cabo, Mazatlan, yeah. and Puerto Vallarta. So that's that was really funny. Saw the panorama. <laughs> yeah, the panorama does that same thing. Yep. 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 So and that's so- probably where I saw it. Yeah. And I know like generally most, as we were just saying, most cruise ports are very, very safe, but I know for a fact the safest cruise ports are in private islands. So that's following my next question. Does Carnival have a private island? Good segue there. I like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, they do. So there is a, a, a couple of private islands owned by Carnival Corporation. So Carnival Corporation has or had nine different cruise brands. Carnival is one of those nine brands. Um, Mm -hmm. My favorite private island is Half Moon Key, which was originally purchased for Holland America brand, but then over time, Carnival started sailing there as well. And it is a Bahamian island, and it is just beautiful. It's like the white powder sand, the the crystal clear blue waters, and that's another water shuttle or tender port, but it is so worth it because it's just that gorgeous tropical destination. That sounds incredible. So now again, we're going to switch gears to our third and I believe final section. Uh, Yeah, it is the final section. So it's actually going to be more about you and your opinions. So when you started sailing as a cruise director, why did you or how did you start working for Carnival versus any other cruise line? Because there were a lot. So what kind of made you decide Carnival? So I had sailed as a guest on Carnival. My senior year in high school was my first cruise. My parents were not cruisers. My parents, we would go to New York. We went to Hawaii. We would fly wherever we went. But my friend, Beth, one of my high school friends, her family was cruisers. So for our senior spring break, we didn't want to do a crazy thing. We We just were going on a cruise with her parents and um, it was a carnival cruise. And I saw the people out on the Lido deck doing those activities by the pool. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh yeah, that looks like fun. And then when I was graduating from college, I was applying for all these serious jobs like HR, sales for medical devices. And I thought, listen, if I could do anything right now I would travel and I would go meet people and my mom actually said why don't you go work on the cruise ship and I'm like no it'll never happen they get so many applications but I'll give it a try and I I put in an application and I went above and beyond with my presentation and I got a call and I was on board a few months later that sounds just incredible it was fun I was very lucky So honestly, I don't know about David, but definitely one of my dream jobs is to do something involved with cruises or hotels or something like that, because David and I are humongous travel fanatics, and we definitely like love any opportunity in the future that we would get from honestly whether it's a hotel a cruise line a resort that is our like future dream job and I cannot wait until I'm old enough to submit a resume to uh, the right company so I can apply for a job in the travel industry because to me that sounds incredible Oh, I can't wait to sail with you and I'll bring my baby and then we'll, you know, 20 years from now, my daughter will be interviewing you, maybe 10 years, I don't know, interviewing yeah. you and we'll be working on the ship and it all goes around, right? Yeah, we. who knows? Maybe we might go on a ship together one day, a carnival. <laughs> Absolutely. And what activities as a guest, not a director, do you most often, did you most often do while you were sailing on carnival? 
So I've only cruised as a guest two times before I worked on board and then now uh-huh. one time after I retired. And I, I sailed like with friends or family, but I don't, that, I kind of was a crew member, kind of a family member. So in those times, it depended at the time of my life. So when I was in college and, or in high school and sailing, I did karaoke, I did the deck mm. party. Just recently when I sailed with my baby daughter, we went to the Dr. Seuss events. That's so, awesome. If it was just me and my husband, we would go to the show, we would go to dinner, but with a one-year-old baby at the time, that was not, um, it wasn't a relaxing cruise <laughs> quite as much. So have you ever had a bad experience on a cruise, such as a storm or something like that? Because Aaron and I went on Anthem of the Seas. Anthem is notorious because in about 2015, they had a major storm, as you probably know. It, it knocked out the entire cruise pretty much. So have you ever had a bad experience such as that? Um, not that bad, luckily. Um, I've had a few challenging situations, though. Um, I was on the Pride one time when the pier, like, detached from the ship. It was, like, hanging like a tooth, but luckily no guests were injured. It did take quite a bit of time to get it reattached because the mooring lines actually snapped. Um, I was on the Carnival Dream when we could not sail back to the States. We were in our last port of call, which was St. Martin, um, and they did a test of the generators and they flipped a breaker. They broke the breaker. The Coast Guard said we could sail back to Port Canaveral, but Carnival had just had a bad situation with the Triumph being stuck. Oh, that was terrible. decided not to sail. Um, So we had to fly home 4,500 guests from St. Martin. It took us three days to charter 10 airplanes and get all those guests on the planes. It was a big logistical challenge, but uh, we survived. Everybody got so this crazy. is actually very, very important to mention. I don't even think I told Aaron. Aaron, do you know about that infamous time on Carnival where one of them, I think the Liberty or whatever, hit the other ship? You you know about that, Aaron? Oh, yes. I actually, I've seen the video. Yeah. yeah. So I met uh, one of Jamie's friends who actually was on the cruise when it happened. She, he was yep. actually on the ship when it hit the other ship and he got a call and he thought it was a joke because they always joke around. He said, he told me this and he said that, yeah, it was pretty crazy. He felt like this bump. Generally, I feel like jealous of people who are on a cruise ship, but I think in that circumstance, I was pretty happy not to be on a cruise ship, which is something <laughs> I will never say other than this circumstance. Luckily, there were no major injuries on that situation. But yes, mm-hmm. Cookie was the cruise director on the Glory, which is the ship that got hit. Um, so that was exciting. For that him. got hit. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got it. The Liberty was the one that did the hitting. <laughs> and my husband, who I met on, on the ship, we, we started dating and then we got married after we got off the ship. Um, he was on the Carnival Triumph when it was stranded at sea for three days with no power. And he was guest services at the time. So that was a great first contract for him. <laughs> so he, so, okay. So first of all, you met him on a cruise. That's awesome. And second of all, so he was on the Carnival Triumph when it was stranded. Yes, sir. Both of those things. He was. Um, that is really a interesting, interesting <laughs> job right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So we were just talking about a bunch of disasters that have happened along a bunch of other cruise ships and uh, bad things uh, such as that. And I know, especially like when cruises recently, like the most recent cruises have definitely been subject to some of the worst disasters, not because of any natural disaster. Well, technically it is, but the COVID-19 pandemic, those people were 
stuck on their cruise ship for like a couple weeks um, on several different cruise ships. I think Princess, I don't know if Carnival had any that were like that. I think they but did. I think it was, uh, I think it was Princess, Royal Caribbean, and something else. But yes, I heard it was terrible. And but after the COVID nineteen pandemic, will you sail on will you sail on Carnival Mardi Gras? Absolutely. Um, I don't know when I'll make it on the Mardi Gras. Right now, it's easy uh-huh. with small kids to sail from Galveston because we don't have to fly. But eventually, we'll make it on there. Um, I would love to see the new ship. And right now, I can say I've seen and I've worked on every class of Carnival ship because I was on the Vista. It's amazing. But um, once the Mardi Gras comes out. I won't have said I won't have worked on every class of ship, so maybe I'll find a way to you know get That's, employed for one cruise just so I can keep that 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 title alive. That's yeah. really funny. And before I ask you the final question of today's podcast, unfortunately, I just want to tell our audience. I know we've kind of scared you a little, but cruising is very safe. The chances of something like that happening when you're on a cruise is very low. That has never happened to me, thank God. And the chances that it would happen to you are extremely extremely small so do not be worried to go on a cruise because it's amazing Mm -hmm. so this is the last question and it's actually not about carnival it's about margaritaville where you work now how does working at a resort like margaritaville compare to being a cruise director well that's a really good question um it's very different um so working on the ship you live and work with all the same people and you don't have any days off Mm -hmm. for six months so working on land i have one or two sometimes days off a week which is crazy um i get to sleep in my own bed every night which is crazy um but i mean going to the same spot every day you know there's no different destinations or anything like that so i like both positions um i really from an entertainment standpoint i love being on the cruise ship because you have a captive audience you know sometimes at margaritaville i know that there's 600 guests there but there's only 50 at the pool so i'm like where is everybody Uh yeah the cruise there's a show people are gonna go if there's a party people are gonna go that's why they come because cruise ships are like enclosed in versus margaritaville's you can go to the lake if you want so the chances that people go are lots like unfortunately a lot less yeah absolutely so it's different because you don't have as much that captive audience um and people don't, you know, like on a cruise, everyone comes on the same day and they leave on the same day. So you kind of have an opportunity to tell a story during a voyage and get uh-huh. to know those people. But at Margaritaville, you may have people that check in on Tuesday and leave on Friday. People check in on Friday and leave on Sunday. So it's a lot harder to tell that story and control that flow of traffic. So mm-hmm. it's different, but both are good in different ways. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Honestly, this has been an amazing, amazing interview. I We can't even thank you enough. So thank you so much, Jamie D, for joining us on our podcast. We really appreciate any opportunity we can get with amazing people in the travel industry like you. And thank you again. On a final note, this was The Travel Bros. <laughs>